Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. Today, we'll talk about the prospects of Medicare for All in light of the national political scene and the coronavirus pandemic. Michael Lighty has organized, advocated, and developed policy for single-payer Medicare for All nationally and in California for nearly 29 years. He's a founding fellow of the Sanders Institute. Most recently, he was the healthcare constituency director for Bernie 2020. Welcome to Code Whack, Michael. Thank you, Brenda. It's great to be here. You've been a longtime champion for Medicare for All. How did you get involved in the movement? And what does it mean to you personally? Well, it means a lot to me personally because I'm a diabetic. And so I have a personal stake in a lot of the issues in terms of getting the health care we need, controlling prescription drug prices, and not seeing others who don't have the resources that I've had uh, because I've had jobs with good private insurance who end up with quite severe cases and amputations and other diseases. So there's it's a, it, it hits home very, very directly. And I got into this first um, really back in the, in the early 90s when I was director of Democratic Socialists of America and we brought a Canadian nurses and doctors to a tour of the United States at a time when healthcare reform had gotten back on the agenda and that was the period ultimately that resulted in the Hillary Care struggle. So it has been a, a few decades at this point. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Senator Bernie Sanders, who has spearheaded the campaign for Medicare for All, suspended his presidential campaign earlier this year. A joint task force set up by Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee for president, and Sanders recently released platform recommendations, including health care reform that focuses on expanding Obamacare rather than moving toward Medicare for All. Are these significant setbacks for the movement? And where do you go from here? It's not a surprise, so I don't think it can be characterized as a setback. We knew going in to the Unity Task Force discussion that the Biden people, even though they contain a group of individuals that would support Medicare for All, have expressed public support for Medicare for All, we knew they would not actually adopt it as a task force recommendation. So the question is, what was going to come out of it? It is disappointing that there's no mention of Medicare for All, that there is not even a a kind of signal that we can do state single payer. There's a reference to state universal health care approaches. There's reference uh, to other aspects. So in that sense, it's a disappointment. On the other hand, uh, there are provisions for expanded direct provision of care through community clinics, federally qualified health centers, the potential to provide new money for rural facilities, perhaps reopening rural hospitals, uh, a nod toward all-payer rate regulation, and a robust version of the public option. None of these will solve the problem. And what's, of course, ironic is that they go through all these complexities and fragmented approaches and a little of this, a little of that, when Medicare for All could do it simply in one fell swoop and do it efficiently and save lots of money. So we're going to continue that fight. And we're not giving up on the platform yet. We want stronger language. We want a reference to Medicare for All. And we want real support for state single payer. Good to know. In April, you told the San Francisco Chronicle that the coronavirus pandemic is the game changer, the X factor, in terms of getting Medicare for All. If you still believe that to be true, what evidence have you seen so far that it is true? Well, just this report yesterday came out that five and a half million workers lost their private health insurance when they lost their job. 
So this is what I mean. It is it shows the failure of the private insurance system. You had a representative from the California Federation of Labor uh, at a meeting uh, recently this week that said employer based insurance doesn't work for for workers. So that's really what I was referring to, Brenda. Now, on the other hand, you have to look at this and you have to say black people are dying at two and a half times the rate of white people from the pandemic. Millions have lost their health insurance. There are huge gaps in coverage and access. People can't afford to get the test they need when they go in for a corona diagnosis. The test might be $600. It might be $3,000. So you have to wonder, no one has put Medicare for All on the agenda who is in a position to do so. Not Speaker Pelosi, not the Democratic leadership in the Senate, not the Joe Biden campaign. So you got to ask, what does it take? What does it take when people are literally dying because they don't have the health care they need? So it is, in a sense, a moral clarion call that the pandemic represents. And you've gotten it, you've, you've seen it picked up in the Black Lives Matter demonstrations. It's on the agenda of the Poor People's Campaign. It's on the agenda of Black Lives, the movement for Black Lives. It is on the agenda when you talk to folks who are out in the street demanding racial justice. They all know we need a system of guaranteed health care. So I'm, I'm quite frustrated that policymakers and people in real positions of power have not recognized what ordinary folks know, which is we have to go to Medicare for all if we're going to guarantee health care and we're going to get out of this pandemic uh, in a way that actually meets people's health care needs. Thanks so much, Michael. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also listen at heal-ca.org. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.